0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Alright, we are live. This is, well, not live, live. This is gonna be pre-recorded, we, we but we're live alive. here. Yes. We are alive. Yes. This is the Score North Twin Show. I am Phil Mackey. That is Derek Wetmore. Hello. And that is Judd Zolgad. Hello. And uh not pictured is Joe Mauer, who's just a block down the street at Target Field. He's preoccupied. We asked him to come on the show. Never and heard back from his publicist. Actually, he will be on the Scornet Twin Show sometime soon. All right, just a quick backstory. This is going to be a full Joe Mauer-centric episode of the Scornet Twin Show. And uh, Glenn Perkins and I were trying to wrangle up a Thursday, some sort of a sit-down with him, and figured like. Len and Joe sitting down to talk baseball and Joe's career is better than like most people and Joe because they've known each other since they were in grade school <laughs> and uh, and Joe initially said, you know, obviously they're running me around this week. We could squeeze something in maybe on a Friday, but then we all kind of agreed rather than squeezing something in on this really busy week, let's just get Joe, we'll, we'll sit Joe down and do it the right way later this summer. So there will be a Joe Maurer episode of the Scorner Twin Show at some point this summer. But I just want to open it up. I mean, let's, let's dive into a bunch of Joe Mauer related topics, but I just want to start right away, whether it's a Mount Rushmore or a Twins historical pecking order, where do you guys think Joe Maurer ranks, or where does he fall in the Twins pantheon of stars going back to 1960? Judd
1: will have better perspective on this, having seen some of those guys in their prime, in their peak, but for me, it's borderline top five. I mean, you you got to start with the obvious names: the Harmon Killebrews, Rod Carew, Kirby Puckett, probably Tony Oliva. But then, I mean, how far is Joe Mauer from that? He's he's right there for me. I don't know, five, six.
2: I actually <laughs> sat down today and crunched this. I okay. left out pitchers because pitchers are harder to quantify a, you, you a little bit. You could have Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like, and then, what
0: do you do with Johan Santana? Yes,
2: exactly. So well, you could argue 20.
0: that Mauer Mauer and Santana both had equally good peaks. And Maurer was a twin longer. But then I get Therefore, into Santana.
2: value of pitching versus value of what Maurer did. And so I just stuck with uh, position players slash guys who were position players and might have DH'd. And my top five twins are. And this was the hardest one for me to split is Puckett and Kilbrew Because both had such magnificent careers with the twins. Puckett's WAR is forty-four point nine over twelve years.
0: Well, wow, look at you right now. I love it. Judd's going wins above replacement. This That's is why amazing. He's the this is great. This was,
2: this was tough. This was tough. over twenty-one years with the Twins, sixty-six point one WAR. Um, but I keep coming back to Puckett's got two championships. It Har- matters. Harmon's got none. It matters. So I guess if I had to do it, I would go begrudgingly a little bit. Puckett, Kilabrew, Carew. Mauer, Oliva. Okay, and and Joe was so in Joe's career he goes out as a, a 306 hitter. Oliva hit 304. Crew was phenomenal. Crew was a, a as a twin in 12 years. You guys 334.
0: Yeah. The the amazing thing about Crew and Mauer, you wouldn't think of them as being similar players. You just wouldn't. You you know, it, you'd think of Carew's speed and stealing home and. And you think of Maurer, catcher, more lumbering. But if you look at their numbers in the 10-year the sweet spot of their careers, very similar, average on base, power numbers. And I think where Carew had the speed and the stolen bases, Maurer had the catching and the and the and just the more difficult defensive positions. So they're yep. very much neck and neck for me.
2: In fact, uh, so Carew hit uh, in 12 years as a twin, 334. In 15 years as a twin, Joe was 306. On base percentage, Carew as a twin, 393. Joe, 388. Wow. Slugging percentage, 448 for Carew, 439 for Joe. Wow. Home runs, 143 for Joe, 74 for Rodney. RBI. In their time as twins, Mauer 9.23, Rodney 7.33. Interesting. So they are very, very close, though, as far as comparables, because Joe had three more years to accumulate statistics here than Rod did.
1: We could talk about some of the other guys on this list. I specifically want to get to a Harmon Killebrew stat for you guys that'll blow your mind if you haven't heard it already. But I want to ask you, does it matter that Rodney, at, through no fault of his own, I'm team player on this one all the time, pro-labor, 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 but that he forced his way out and went and played for California. Does that bother you? In my opinion, absolutely. In terms of ranking?
2: No, absolutely not. Be- because
1: because Joe didn't do that.
2: But Calvin wasn't going to pay him. Joe, if Calvin Griffith owned the team, if Joe had been a a Minnesota sports star from Creighton in 1978... He would have
1: been a Boston Red Sox. He would have
2: had to go. <laughs> so, no, and, and of course... You also get into the uh, comments that Patrick Royce's talked about a thousand times that Calvin made at, what, the Lions Club sure. or something about Rodney th- that were incredibly racist. So I in no way, shape, or form fault Rod Carew for essentially saying, you got to trade me. I
1: don't blame him. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying, does it impact the
0: legacy? I guess let's
1: but turn he, that to he, Joe but that he
2: went
0: and played for California regardless of the circumstances.
2: A lot of people
1: remember him as an angel. I mean,
0: of course, he was a twin, that, and he has a great legacy. That's you, as a twin. youngin.
1: No, I'm just, I'm just saying. But <laughs> that's like, you. But I'm not nobody in the no, crowd. I know. You know, the 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 older I get, the more people I represent, and there are people who think of Rod Carew as a California Angel, and Joe Mauer, you think of as a twin. I don't know that that changes anything. I mean, there are other guys on that list. You think of Kirby Puckett. You think of Kent Herbeck. They're all twins. Tony Olive is a twin. Even Harmon Killebrew. I mean, I don't know if there's a ton of people that remember him as a Washington Senator or a Kansas City Royal. No, I'm
0: sure that, yeah. So, so the only, the only thing, thing, like, the difference between. Twins' legacy matters. Carew played seven years with the California Angels and wound up ending his career with the Angels. So if you were born during a certain period, you only. Yes, you only. Like, there's people who are going to only remember Albert Pujols as an angel, too. I actually put Carew and Pujols in a very similar bin where yeah, they played the best years of their career with this team. And then went out and in played the for the Angels. And ultimately uh, they played made the a, bunch of, a bunch of money relative to their era right. in a nice Southern California climate. They played climate. the great part of their career in a Midwest city that wouldn't pay them.
1: Yes. And then they went to Southern California. Yes. Life is good. Uh,
0: but Rod Carew won seven batting titles with the Twins. Uh, he won an MVP award and a Rookie of the Year with the Twins. So I would say... Mauer's top five for me, but bottom end of the top five. I think Puckett with the playoff heroics and the wild popularity. Harmi Killebrew with the wild popularity for a different generation of Twins fans. And he's the king power hitter of the Twins organization 50-plus years. Rod Carew, i probably put a slight notch above Joe Mauer, um, And then it gets like, I, I think it gets real coin-flippy with some of the other ones. Like the Tony Olivas... I mean, some people might say Tory Hunter, but Torrey Hunter to went to and played guys. a large chunk of his career away from the Twins. Here's the
2: intriguing one because his number is retired by the team, and we, I don't think, often put him in the top five of this conversation as even a possibility. I think Kent Herbeck.
0: Herbeck yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bloomington's proudest son. Joe Mauer, was a better player than Kent Herbeck. Yes. But Kent Herbeck had postseason heroics and two rings and likability and all these factors that. You know, so put notches in his belt. Let's put it a little bit more
1: recent. Is there anybody on those twins teams after the you know the turn of the century, the Guardy Twins, that's even in spitting distance? Because you mentioned Torrey Hunter, and I think Torrey Hunter's a great twin. I don't think he's on Joe Mauer's level. Am I crazy? I, I'd never know if my radar's off on that.
0: Again, I think I think Joe Mauer was a better overall player. Played a played an equally, if not more, valuable position. Center field, very longer. valuable. Let me, let's just go rapid fire through some other names that are sort of like, if we're, all right, how are we going to fill out the rest of the top five and where does Joe Maurer fall? Torrey Hunter. Let's just go Joe. rapid fire. Joe or Tory? Joe. Joe. Twins Pantheon. Joe. Okay. Joe. Burt Blylevin or Joe?
1: That's really tough. Because I'm going to throw pictures in here. Burt's Bert, numbers are way better than you think if you, if you didn't grow up watching Burt Blylevin. Uh, he I'm was, going Joe. He was fantastic.
2: Burt, Bert, though, if, if you're going to ding crew for going to right. California, look at Burt. Burt pitched in Pittsburgh, he pitched in Texas. It's Joe. It's a, yeah, it's like I mean he went to almost like people angels.
1: couldn't stand having a great guy or a great pitcher around because he wasn't that great of a guy. Yeah, he's it's almost like that. It's Joe for me. Tony Oliva. I'm going Tony O.
2: Or Joe? Ooh. Or Joe? Tony or Joe? Uh I on my list I've got Joe four, Tony five. Tony is so go gonna t- get into the I go, Hall of Fame. I go Joe above Tony.
0: Very similar career stories too. Guys yeah, who came point. in came in right away and were contending for or winning batting titles and then ran into injury issues in their early 30s that basically derailed their career trajectory, right? The, the, I mean, the, Tony Oliva played a few years after knee injuries, but he was not nearly the same player.
2: Both played hurt for he extended periods great time. Absolutely. Well, I was Absolutely. just going to
0: say, it is, it's is—it's almost
1: additive to the legacy for me, not only for Maurer, but specifically for Tony, that they're like, oh, okay, you're a great player, supremely talented, you worked hard at your craft, and here you are, you're at the top of your sport. Okay, we're taking that away from you. Now what? And both of them persevere, to an extent, at different levels, through that, as, like, what, 70% of their former selves, and they were still hitting Major League Pitching? Like, there are some guys at 100% that couldn't sniff Major League In Pitching. In fact,
0: Tony Oliva and Joe Mauer are two great examples. It's, it's always been my theory. Hall of Fame voters put too much stock into like a 15-year chunk or a 20-year chunk rather than a seven or a 10-year peak. If you're looking at just seven and ten-year peaks of players' careers, and you're not accounting for like just counting stats, or Harold Baines is a great example, right? Tony Oliva and Joe Maurer are 10 times more Hall of Fame worthy to me and Johan Santana than Harold Baines. They might not have the home run counting stats, they might not have the RBI counting stats. But they were, during their periods, considered the best or among the three best at their position or maybe just in the league at certain times. Yep. And I don't think you would ever say that about Harold Baines, but for the record, of, uh, for the purposes of this conversation, I'm taking Joe over Tony Oliva by just a hair.
2: Here's why. T- that I have uh, uh, Joe fourth and Tony fifth. One very simple thing. I can't discount the fact that Joe Mauer spent 10 years catching. Yep. Yep. And during that time, yep. hit three twenty-three 4.05 on base, 4.68 slugging, 105 home runs, Unreal. and drove in 634 runs. Tony played right field and got hurt, unfortunately, and then DH'd. But you can't discount the fact that Joe Maurer was, is, and this is, I think you could say this without any doubt, a Hall of Fame catcher. Yeah. That's a huge deal.
1: Well, and that's what At I that was going
2: I mean, Joe Mauer. if Joe Maurer comes along now... He doesn't catch. He's moved to first base or right field so fast to make your head spin. Yeah. And
0: so he doesn't catch, and his offensive numbers are better. You know what? Think about that. I always today's thought... Today's game. If you
1: went back... Like, let's say Maurer was drafted this year. What would be the perfect spot for him? Third base. Great hands. The strongest arm of any first baseman you've seen. He had a good arm for a catcher, but he had a great arm for a first baseman. And then... I'm just looking at him and saying like those tools as a third baseman in today's major league baseball right. he he would have been and even what? more you, of a superstar. You
2: shift him so we because yeah, I, right. I think the shift takes away now from a lot of this, oh my god, he can't play third base, he's right. never gonna get there. Well now if he shifted correctly, no, it doesn't good. matter. So you yeah. got yeah. a good point. Actually, it, it
0: would have been so we, we we dove into this a little bit on Mackie and Joe with Rami a couple days ago. It would've been so fascinating to see if he came along today. And he has clearly has the skill set and the hand-eye coordination and the swing to hit 300 and to put up. If, if you had prime Joe Mauer right now, I, almost, I I wonder if it would be Tony Gwynn in the late 90s power era, where everyone's hitting for power, but Tony Gwynn just stayed true to himself. I'm going to I'm going to hit I'm going to hit 10 home runs, maybe 20, but I'm going to hit for batting average. Or if Joe Mauer would have been swept up in the launch angle craze like if, 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 hit if he would have been a six foot four let's say third baseman because they sure. never would have let him catch sir sure. and if he was hitting 35 home runs and swinging for launch angle i don't stuff. know or man or would he just have the same sweet swing
1: i am a i'm a if you're on a spectrum i say this all the time if it's a if it's a spectrum of joe mauer bashers to joe mauer defenders i'm leaning heavily towards defenders But I don't think, I mean, I think Joe Maurer was too stubborn to change his swing. If you were to say, hey, man, we could work with you a little bit, your hands are good enough, you can get inside on that fastball, and you can pull a couple out to right field at target field, and you'll hit 35 a year, and your batting average will dip, and your OBP will dip a little bit, I think he would have been like, I'm good, this is my swing.
2: I think to Phil's point, though, I, I think it entirely depends on his age at that time. If he gets to Creighton now, let's say he's 15, 14, right? If he gets there right now,
1: I love that we're just he's time get, traveling. No, but he could get. Co- but no, but <laughs> it's, it's a fun but exercise. If you, but
2: if you think about where baseball has gone, yeah. if you get the right coach, because right. I think Joe's a very smart guy and probably took advice of or took counsel from people who knew what they were saying and doing. So if you get a guy who's like, "Hey, kid, baseball's going this way, so do this instead,"
1: and you could be the best. yeah.
2: Joe became stubborn to what Joe knew, but if Joe had a different philosophy. It's fascinating. It could have changed him completely. It's fascinating.
1: You're talking about Tonio, and we can go some more rapid fire through some other twins. I have
0: one more, basically.
1: Okay. Well, I just wanted to make the point that I think they're both great twins and like all time ambassadors. I kind of expect Joe to, to migrate into that role a little bit here over the next couple summers. Interesting. As like. I,
2: I think he disappears. I think
1: it'll be. No, I, I thought so too. Yep. But he told us last year, he said, no, I mean, I. I think that I'll be around. I think I want to be in that type of role. More like, well, Justin Morneau, maybe less TV. But like being around, being supportive of the team, more in the mold of a Tony Oliva than a, let's say, Kent Herbeck, who does his commercials and you don't see him around that often. At least in the media. He's certainly around Target Field quite a bit behind the scenes. The one thing that differentiates Tony Oliva from Joe Maurer, to me anyways, is that Tony Oliva will be in baseball's Hall of Fame first. Tony's going to get voted in this golden era. I, I am fully confident in that. I think he is a Hall of Famer, and I think history will reflect that. Joe
0: Mauer, I also think, is going to be in Cooperstown, but it's going to take a little bit longer. Actually, I it's th- like a tiebreaker for me. I actually, you know what? I, t- I, I I'm going to keep Oliva ahead of Joe Mauer until I see Joe Mauer behind his own sandwich stand inside Target yes, Field, right. fans. Yeah, right. I swear to God, three weeks ago I am at a Twins game, and I'm waiting in line. I'm just I'm, we get to the ballpark, and I'm like, I got to get, get something in my belly. The the, the, the Tonio's Cuban sandwich line was short. It's a great sandwich. I'm standing in line, and all of a sudden, I'm at the cash register. And cash register gal gets distracted by someone behind me. Tony Oliva comes up, grabs a sandwich from behind the sandwich stand. <laughs> yes. Doesn't pay for it no, and my, walks away. And I'm I wondering, like, you. did he? Did Tony Oliva steal a sandwich I at mean, the no, Tony's sandwich that's not Or does a sandwich. he get lifetime free he gets sandwiches? Free sandwiches. <laughs> okay, I
2: just want they Tony I just want to point out: Are you, you Tony? Are stealing no, it's just downstairs sandwiches. or upstairs? Downstairs. Okay, because those All are right. hot. Those are good. The upstairs ones get cold, cold way too fast. Are Those you are not good. Narking Tonyos. on
0: Tony Oliva right, it, right listen, now. Listen, listen, you can't be stealing sandwiches. Okay, here's what I want.
2: Okay, nark. <laughs> so we we've got Herbeck's behind home plate. Yeah. We got Tony O's Cuban sandwiches. I want Mauer to open a shot stand. <laughs> Mauer shots. Well,
0: They got killer brews root beer. Yeah, I know. They're just
2: gonna- Mauer. Just do a complete about face in life. Joe Maurer's shot. Mauer's Grand
0: Marnier. You might be thinking <laughs> of <laughs> Dan. Think thinking, shot, shot. <laughs> Mauer's Mauer's Mer- Merlot. How about how about a little oh, wine? A little wine I, stand. I, I don't know. Actually, your, your, our gals would love the. Maurer's oh, I was going to say if they had Mauer Merlot. <laughs> Don would be at
2: Target Field every weekend.
0: All right, Mauer in the Twins pantheon. Let's. Well, I've got a couple more names for you guys. Mauer or Johan Santana. Mauer. He did it for a lot longer. They both had similar peaks, as I said earlier. Mauer was Maurer. a twin longer. Yep. And and Mauer didn't. Mauer, when it came down to you're up for a big contract, I don't know how serious the Twins got with Johan Santana, but the, but Mauer signed a contract with the Twins and just became a twin for life.
1: Again, so. I don't blame Johan for that. It's just market. But here's how Johan can earn his way back into that. Teach Barrios the changeup. Teach Martin Perez the changeup. Sign somebody to a long-term contract extension. Teach Bruce Darkrater all
0: the changeup. You're good. You're ahead of Joe Maurer in my book. Yeah, Until sure. then, it's Joe. Um, and then Maurer or Williams Astadio?
2: <laughs> well, wait, at Rochester or with the Twins? I don't What's, think more home runs in the last. Couple Astadio days? is going into the Red Wings Hall of Fame tonight. <laughs> yeah, his number is going to be retired tonight. He's hitting like five sixty three. Can you imagine, like,
0: if you're the? And I'm, I'm going I'm to go ahead and guess that uh, the the Rochester Red Wings marketing department is like it's like Nate Rowan and that's it. But what a what a gold. Treasure trove well, for, he'll play, for them uh, to have him for like the three weeks or the two months or whatever he's going to be international league all star. <laughs> he looks like it, anyways. Yep. Um, so I think we all. So it sounds like Judd, you've got Maurer fourth. Yes, I've got Maurer fourth. Yeah,
1: he's like he's like five or six he's for He's like me. the fourth or
0: fifth greatest twin of all time. Yeah, yeah and it's okay. and it's
1: impossible. Here's the thing: is like that might sound like I'm down on Joe Maurer. I'm not. Just set him on the leaning Maurer defender. But there are some really great twins in history, and we're talking decades and decades, and you can't make an argument that he's any lower than we just talked about him. Mm-hmm. Like, that is where I'm planting my flag in the ground, is there going to be some people who say, like, ah, you know, he didn't hit for power, he wasn't that durable. I heard somebody today on his own day complaining about how he didn't play in day games. I heard somebody else, <clears throat> Phil Mackey, talking about the 4 six threes, And, like, all of that stuff is fair. There are fair criticisms of Joe Maurer. For sure. But once you get down to it and you look at the numbers and you look at the legacy and you look at the career and you look at the fact that his number is going to be in the limestone in a couple of hours, you can't argue that he's any lower than that. He's one of the all-time great twins.
2: Can we all agree there are two Joe Mowers, though? There's the catcher and then there's the guy that suffered a concussion in August of or concussions... Cumulative uh, In August 2013 I, I thought
0: you were going to say That there's an edgy Joe
2: Maher and No there's not no, that I've never seen him Bearded Bomb hitting buckler. But there's two There's two d- different guys Can and I say there are Three unfortunately, Joe Maher's? Unfortunately there, There's also the contract Joe Which is what drove fans crazy Which I still don't really get But uh, I think it's very fair To say that there was The guy who was An elite All-star Hall of fame catcher And then the guy That continued to play And his value Certainly decreased And Yes, that's the cumulative career, but you can't forget the Metrodome Joe and the guy that was a catcher.
1: Well, I hear what you're saying. I think there's another Joe Mauer in there. I think there are three boys. I think that they... I agree with you. There's three, and I wonder if we have the same answer. I, go ahead. I'll start basically when he was drafted, let's say 2000, but really, let's be honest, 2004. Like 2003, 2004 to 2009. And then... Target field Joe Maurer as a catcher, 2010 to 2013. And then post-concussion first baseman Joe
0: Maurer, 2014 to the end of his career. That's yeah fair. I think there are three Joe Maurers. That's very fair. fair. The, the, the 2009 Joe Mauer oh, is... Oh, pretty good, by the way. Is a re- like, if you just isolate 2009 MVP Joe Maurer, like that's, that was peak Joe Maurer. That was on the cover of a video game, Best Joe player Maurer. in baseball. Better than Albert Pujols, Joe Maurer. And I think... Instead of the majority of people looking at that and saying "Wow, that," let's put that. We talk about Babe Ruth's 1927 season or whatever. When did he hit the 60? Was it 1923 or whatever? It wasn't around. 1927. Um, and they talk about Ted Williams, the year that Ted Williams hit 406, right? And he. And he had an option. It was a doubleheader on the final day of the season. And oh, I
2: thought you were going to say he had, had an option in his contract to opt out. No, yeah, no he did. Threaten to the, to, <laughs> threatened to go to the Yankees, Yankees as a yeah. free agent, <laughs> sign a 10 year deal, and, He's and say play and, for the
0: Red Sox or go to war. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he, well did he did that. that too. And that's another miraculous thing, by the way. That dude missed six years of his prime yep. to go fight in World War II. But we talk about these peak seasons of players, right? And I feel like. Too many people talk about Joe Maurer's peak season rather than saying, wow, can you believe? That dude hit 365, 28 homers, 96 RBIs, and missed all of April with an injury and still won the MVP award. Instead, I feel like it's looked at as, but why didn't he do it five times? Sure, sure. Right? We don't really celebrate that season the way that it should be celebrated. The joke that I always make is that you guys
1: remember on May 1st, he made his return. He was back from what was then called the DL. He was, he was back from that, and on May 1st, I don't remember if it was his first swing or just his first at-bat, but he hits a home run the mm-hmm. other way. And the joke I always make is, you know, he hits the home run in his first at-bat and goes on to win the MVP, and there are people out there who would say, yeah, but it was a wall scraper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, great. Well, yeah. he hit 28 that, that year in 365. But that all turned
2: gradually, uh, before the concussions even, with the contract. And, and the expectation that it's... The funniest thing about fans in this town, and I guess in this case we're isolating specifically Twins fans, is the fact that what do people always say? The pole ads are cheap. The pole ads don't pay. The pole ads won't go out and spend. And on this guy, they had no choice to. They did absolutely the right thing. Ten out of ten times, you do what they did. And everyone held it against Joe that he was, he was the guy that sort of cracked the code of getting paid. And... It, I, I guess I'm not surprised because the sports fan in the state is like that. But nonetheless, it was a completely unfair thing to. And he had earned the first p- part of his career completely justified that salary too. Yeah, he was. It's great. not like he was making millions upon millions at that time. So it's just it, among the interesting things about Joe's career. That to me is one of them. That somebody finally got the poll ads, I guess, to pay up, and people are like, "But, but <laughs> yeah, you didn't do not enough that
1: much." Do you guys want to hear my Harmon Killebrew stat? Yeah. This has nothing to do with Joe Mao. I'm sorry. The 2019 twins, though, uh, are hitting Bombas. You've probably heard of that. Welcome to Bombasoda,
0: the land of 10,000 rays. By the way, bombasoda.com if you want to order a Bombasoda t shirt. Shameless plug.
2: Much cheaper, than 40, bum- do- much tro- cheaper than $40 yeah. that's being charged for that. They're right?
0: half the price of the ones that are being sold at we deals. deals. And we, and we, appreciate, we appreciate the Bombasquad, but Bombasquad lives in Bombasoda.
1: Yeah, like half the the, price. The Bomba Squad are the nine guys who hit home (laughs) runs every night for the Twins. Bomba Soda is all of us here at Fulton Brewing. Yes, there is a—I don't know. It's almost like we've gotten numb to the fact that this offense is so great. This 2019 Twins offense. Sure. And we were talking about Harmon Killebrew earlier. Some people would count him as the greatest Twin of all time. Um, Joe Mauer's in the conversation, but I mean, Killer had this legacy, amazing Hall of Fame career. The 2019 Twins have a collective, cumulative, everybody, every at-bat for the whole season, they have a 514 slugging percentage right now, as of this recording. Armand Killebrew retired with a 509 slugging percentage.
0: So you're saying Harmon Killebrew's overrated? No, I'm saying
1: that top (laughs) to bottom, the Twins lineup is full of Hall of Famers. I got one
2: in 21 years as a twin. He had exactly a 514 slugging percentage. He left the Twins for that godforsaken year in Kansas City with a 514 slugging percentage. So the 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 Twins are
0: Harmon, it's like a roving gang of Harmon Killebrews. There are some guys that are more powerful, some guys that
1: are less, but on average, they're starting nine. That's insane. And I see a couple of Killebrew jerseys in the crowd, and that's awesome. And I just, that's what I tell, I was talking to my <laughs> my dad the other you're day. You're right there, like, yes. These are the stats that I'm using. Yes, I'm looking specifically at you. There are a number that I say, this is the stat that if you're, like, talking about the twins with your friends, use this one. They're more powerful than Harmon Killebrew on slugging percentage. At least Walt
2: won't last for sure. Like, what? I know. It, it won't last. It's June 15th. Mitch Garver, Harmon Killebrew, dude. Honestly, Eddie Rosario, like
0: Harmon Killebrew. But we're, but we're to the point where it's now. Obviously, Harmon played parts of his career in the dead ball era and still put up 500 super slugging power. percentages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're now we're in the the, the superpower era. I know. So I know. Balls not balls not, balls not to like that. water down your it's point. It's a fun. It's stat. an amazing point. Thanks, Mister. I have Wet okay. I just did some digging. Speaking of fun stats here, Joe Mauer's 2009 season. Okay, since 1960, 1960. That performance has only been accomplished by seven, let me see here, one, two, three, four, five, by six other hitters, 360, 25 home runs, 440 on base percentage. I just went with three of the basics. 360 batting average, 440 on base percentage, 25 or more home runs in one season. Since 1960, Barry Bonds did it twice in 2002 and 2004. Make uh, any okay, assumptions so you th- want about those, those have two asked seasons. Those to yep. buy them for
1: what? He was a great hitter.
0: Todd Helton, Larry Walker, and then Larry Walker again between 97 and 2000. Coors Field, yep. right? Before that, you got to go back to Jeff Bagwell in 1994, Rico Carty in 1970, and Norm Cash in 1961. Wow. So if you take out Coors Field and Barry Bonds and the vitamins that he was using in 2002 and 2004, the Flintstone's chewables, a 360 25 homer 440 on base season Has only been done Four times Since 1960 That's That's an And that And he did All of those things Now the Well The rate stats Are what they are Because it's not A counting stat But with Missing April Yep. Right. He missed April So yeah.
2: I just want to like you say Norm don't Nash, talk about that season Rico Cardi. Those are some great I've got those baseball cards For those guys names.
0: Yeah man Those, those
2: are That's the way way back machine Great
1: great baseball great. names too Old school Judd threw out a question Before we started recording it I think we have to get to On this special edition Of the Joe Mauer Score North First place twin show Live at Fulton Brewery Live in quotations
0: yeah, you're, you're listening to this after all of the ceremonies. Why didn't today? Joe
2: play quarterback, get drafted by the Vikings, and lead them to a Super Bowl? Because that's where I find fault with him, honestly. I mean, he all he have. had to do was keep playing football.
0: Do you think he would have wound up being like a star NFL quarterback yes. for 10 or 15 years? Top
1: five. Not all time. Top five when he played top five star NFL quarterback. Yep, star.
0: I do I think mean he the, been good. the obvious question would be durability. You know, if he got smoked by a defensive end, would he. And how durable would he be? Or is yeah. or is like is the fact that he was a six foot four guy trying to squat for ten years and the wear and tear on your body. People kinda say, I well, football he, is more of a grueling sport. Of football but, but yeah. compare quarterback to catcher. Right. Catcher's more grueling than just, playing quarterback.
1: I and specifically his physical ailments are are made worse by being a catcher in baseball. Like I'm not saying getting lit up by defensive ends is fun. But I mean he had like knee and back problems. Okay, well, Try being a big it's, league catcher for 10 it's years. It's kind of the
0: difference between being a boxer or a mixed martial artist. I'm out. Taking I'm both. 150 or 300 punches every time you fight to the head versus getting just knocked out cold five minutes into the first round. What wears on your body and your brain? like the cumulative boxing effect, is more of a cumulative effect like than catching. So quarterback not, versus catching. I'm Chip, not willing to test out so either theory.
2: Chip Scoggins covered uh, uh, Joe as a high school player at yep. the Star Tribune, yeah. and yeah. and I was talking to him on our uh, podcast a couple of days ago about this. And I asked how good was Joe? Uh, Plug it. What's that podcast, a, podcast called? A quarterback.
0: Um, the conduits of, of trouble. Conduits trouble, thank you. Found on the Mackey and Jub with Romney podcast feed. Anywhere you can subscribe to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, or the Squarnorth. Very Rami-like. That yep. was
2: good. Anyway, <laughs> he's uh, <learning>. Chip <laughs> said he was absolutely fantastic. And oh, he, I mean, he was... So I think there is a chance... That I think there is a chance that you could say that he could have been a star quarterback. Yeah. Because he had all, all of the attributes, right? Had the arm. The size. Yep. The arm. Um, I think he's a smart athlete, so he might not have been necessarily what you would consider fast as far as speed goes, but he's, he strikes me as the type of guy that could sense pressure in the pocket and move sure. the pocket around. Oh, yeah. I think there's a chance there. Yeah. So That'd he should have been a quarterback, in. he should have played for the Vikings, and they should have won a Super Bowl <laughs> there, and that's why I find fault with Joe Mauer. still holding okay. that against would him, Would you yes. rather have
0: had Joe Mauer lead the Vikings to a Super Bowl or the Twins to a World Series if not, you could go back in time? it's not World clo- close. Series.
2: It's not close. Twins World
0: Series? No. Oh, really? Really? you're going Vikings? Super- Are you kidding?
2: We've not won one in like, this town. I don't That's think okay. you can
0: say it's not close.
2: Okay, the Minnesota Vikings. World Series. I have seen the Twins in my lifetime win two world championships, and it's really fun and awesome, but I know how the parade goes. I know how that You've goes. That so movie? you know what's going to
0: happen in November here. <laughs> I, in November. I have no
2: idea what happens if the Vikings come off an airplane at Bedlam. MSP with a Lombardian hand. Bedlam. Anyone? Well, <laughs> sorry to break up your point. No, Jay.
1: that's perfectly fine. I was just going to say I, I'd take the World Series because the Super Bowl is just something they play to have something to put around the halftime show. So they have that entertainment there. Coming from did the, have, noted football guy. Do you have Westmore. another point <laughs> to make? <laughs> I do. I do. You actually brought up the question, and I wanted to make sure we got it on the air that. Joe Mowers, number seven. We're sitting here at what time is it, Philly? You've got it's your. It's 5.06 tablet out.
0: p.m. Central Time.
1: In two hours, Joe Mowers, number seven, is going to be hanging up in the limestone in left field at Target Field. Amongst his peers, the all time greats. Mm-hmm. Number three, number six, number nine, number 10 for TK. On and on down that list of great twins. Judd brought up the point on an email thread we had earlier. Who's the next twin to be hanging in that limestone? So they're going to have to move some numbers around, create some space for that next one if it happens in the 30 years. Can I start? Target field stands. I want to know who you guys think the next number going up there. So is.
2: I crunched this today. I went through.
1: You got notes, man,
2: Jim. Jim Cot.
1: Would happened a- by now.
2: Arguably, could be, but I'm with Phil. Would have happened by now. Joe Nathan is an interesting name. I don't think that But it's happened. not going to happen. No, 36. It's not going to happen. And a and, cut uh, and Nathan both wore 36. It'd be the easiest thing of all time. Invite them both back, 36, bang. But anyway, it's not those two. Torrey Hunter is sort of the emotional fan favorite. He's but I, But no, but he's not, he's not it. I don't think it's going to happen. I got one that I think Phil is going to agree with. Okay, is it... It's a former player? It's a former player. It's a guy you talk about all the time and the lack of appreciation for what he did in a short period of time. Oh, Johan? Yes.
0: You think, really?
2: Johan Santana was in eight years, 93-44 and 44 here, 322 ERA, started 175 games, was on four playoff teams. Now, the downside is in the playoffs, he started uh, five of 11 games, went one and three, which he obviously doesn't control. But his, ERA, his ERA was 397. But I think if you're going to go next twin, I think the strongest Seven. case. Boy, it, I'm not saying slam dunk. I think the strongest case Well, is Johan.
1: If you're going to do the highest peak, then I'd want 57 and 47 going in at the same time just to celebrate 2006.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> Johan
1: yeah. Santana and Frankie but Liriano. But Johan Santana
2: is a borderline Hall of Fame argument.
0: Mm. Sure, but he's off the ballot now.
2: Right, but he was an argument. I know, I know.
0: Okay, here's the all right. I don't I don't mean any disrespect to this person, but the low bar on the Hall of Fame, on the on the numbers retired for the twins is Ken Herbeck, right? Like Ken Herbeck is the so Kirby Puckett, Rod Carew, Burp Lyle in the Hall of Fame, uh, forget you know, Tom Kelly, manager, Tony Leva, Harmony Gilbrew, Joe Maurer. I think the lowest guy on that totem pole is Ken Herbeck. That's
1: Bloomington's proudest son you're talking but about. Here, there. So,
0: but here are the things that Ken Herbeck has that you would maybe consider. So you wouldn't look at Ken Herbeck's career and say, like, automatically have to retire his number. Never won an MVP award, never won a batting title, never led the league in anything like home runs. And, and he was a fantastic player. I'm not trying to. I'm saying, what do you add to his resume that puts that number up on that mantle forever? Two World Series championships. 14 years in a Twins uniform, and also Minnesota Roots, Bloomington Roots, right? So, Johan Santana doesn't have Minnesota Roots, never won a championship, and didn't have the longevity in a Twins uniform as Ken Herbeck, but had a better peak to his career because he was the best pitcher in baseball for a few years. Two Cy Youngs, But I I almost think the Twins put more value... Should have been three. I think they put more value in longevity in these cases. Like, all these guys are long-time... Recognizable twins,
2: but is Tori the guy then? I, I have the thing. I don't know if either, I don't know
0: if either one of those guys gets the number. Retirement. Tory for me is right on the borderline.
1: But I think you guys are looking in the wrong mirror. You're looking in the rear view mirror on this car. I'm looking out the
0: windshield. That's that's where I'm looking now too. Because I don't think there's a former player. Well, that do gets you, put, you, you, you put? You have the entire
2: 2019 team. <laughs> right. and you're every number. <laughs> right. It's, so it's gonna be, Yeah. So it's going to be 200 <laughs> uh, you know 999 instead of JK millions. Asked
1: to DL. Yeah. You have Johan Santana's 57, Judd. Phil, who are you putting in? Are, are, is there anybody in the rear view, or are you looking there's nobody. Forward? There's
0: nobody in the who's, rear view. Who's next?
1: And so the the, the guys not that are... You're putting Morno the, the, in there. You're not putting those guys. Just not I long enough. I don't think I'm
0: putting Morno in there. I'm yep. sorry. I, Joe Maurer's is a higher bar than all these guys. Yep. And so of the of the current twins that have a, the best chance to stay for a long time and to be that good, Jose Barrios, Eddie Rosario... Jorge Polanco, for sure, are on that list. And Byron Buxton, it just kind of remains to be seen. This is really his first big time breakout year, so he'd have to do this for like ten more years to be on that list. But I, I so I guess what I'm saying is, we're not going to do this. What we're doing this weekend with Joe Mauer, we're not going to do this again for at least ten to fifteen more years. No, that's true.
2: Yep. And and yep. I I just I went back and looked at the most likely candidates who had played for them right. and landed on Santana. I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, no, this is going to be the last one for a long, long time. And, I mean, if you had to go with a current Twins player... I got one for you. Who?
1: Who are you going to take?
2: I don't even it? know at this point.
1: Number 18, boys. Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver's going up in the limestone. That's my hot take for the day. Can, we, do a,
0: can we just it. do a quick... I know this is a Joe Maurer-centric episode, but Mitch Garver's a catcher, so we can we can go on a quick, look. Like, Mitch Garver side street here. Is this... Like I don't expect him to slug 600 for the rest of his life which he's doing now but like did the twins just create a guy for the next 5 or 10 years? Yep. That's going to that's going to be doing this. All-star. Like hitting home runs yep. and
2: That's Don't you think we need to wait and see a little bit? Nope. He's why? an
1: All-Star. If he didn't get hurt, he's an All-Star this year. Well, sure,
2: but no and and, no, he's been great this year, but I'm saying wh- why do you think that this translates for years to come as opposed to not him being bad? Yeah. But him just coming back to earth a little bit.
1: Because I think it's the quality of content that he's making right now. I look at the swing and I'm like, uh, nobody's as balanced as he is. He, he, I think like, this is going to sound like hot take hyperbole. I think it's possible that he's one of the better hitters in the American League. And that he's going to be a catcher. And I give him bonus points for this. Here's why to your question, Judd. Do I think he's going to come back to earth? No, I don't. I'm on the record as saying Mitch Garver doesn't regress to the mean. The mean regresses to Mitch Garver. (laughs) Mitch Garver doesn't sleep. He waits. I think that I give him bonus points for creating this in himself. Like, yes, the Twins get some credit. Don't get me wrong. James Rousen, the Derek Falvey plan, all of this stuff coming together, Rocco Baldelli, rest and recovery, it's all great. It all helps contribute to this wonderful player that they've created or has been created. But... I look at where he was a year ago at this time and the massive, massive strides he's made not only behind the plate but with a bat in his hands and say, a guy who's that dedicated to his craft and has that elite level of bat-to-ball, of power, he understands the analytics, he works hard defensively, and he's just a great athlete. I think all of that stuff puts into one package that I think this is the real deal.
2: Can I ask you guys a question then? Should he continue to catch long-term?
1: He's 28. I'm fine with it. I would probably try to figure that out before I give him the long-term contract extension, but it's okay. a conversation worth having. Well, here's the beauty, though: like Did Jason Bartlett, wear number eighteen. I'm a little worried about that now <laughs> in terms of hanging it up. They but. all
0: hey, they all got to come for the ceremony. It's okay. That's the rule. <laughs> it's okay. Um, here's the beauty: he's only caught 28 games so far this year. He's only started 25 games at catcher. Mm-hmm. Like, do I want a guy? If if, if we're going to be looking at one of the best offensive players in this lineup, I don't want that guy catching 120 games. If if because if, you gotta keep in mind he's caught all kinds of games in the minor leagues too and usually the age cliff for catchers offensively is like thirty to thirty two years
2: old. So the running backs, huh?
0: Yeah, it's pretty similar. They are. But if you can if you can catch forty times, fifty times, and minimize the wear and tear, but you get that offense at that position fifty times out of the year, and maybe you prolong his career. Listen to this. We're talking about how to prolong Mitch Garver's career right now. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm not as this bought
1: team in as so fun. But not now. It's The way that the Twins are treating their catchers, they're rotating through. I don't think he's going to have the same wear and tear that you would have seen 15 years ago that you would have seen on a Joe Maurer who's trying to catch 130 games a year.
0: All right, last few minutes here of this special episode of the Scornorth Twins show, show, the first place Scornorth Twins show, a Joe Maurer special episode. Uh, Because we want to go in and watch the ceremony here. If you could... There's a lot of things that people wish maybe in some cases fairly, maybe in some cases unfairly, wish Joe Maurer gave more of in his career, right? And, and reasons why he's not above a pucket or a brew. So just to go down that path for a second, if you guys could add one thing and one thing only to Joe Maurer's legacy or career, what would it have been?
2: Would this have to come from him? Is this something the team could have done? Uh, I'm going to leave it wide open. Wide open. It would have been on the day they drafted them to say, sorry, kid, you're not a catcher. What do you think would have been? You're happened? too good. Um, I think he would have been moved. Let's see, that was uh, 2,000. Minkiewicz was coming up at first base at the time. Loved Dougie's glove, but oh my god, I think Dougie could have played elsewhere or been traded. Um, I think he would have won more batting titles. I think he might have increased his power a bit because his legs had to go because of catching. Not saying that, that he turns into a prolific uppercut, uh, swing plane changes, launch angle goes crazy. But I think he hits for more power, especially immediately in the Metrodome. Um, I just, leaving him a catcher, and he was, at his best, really good there. But leaving him there, to me, he was just such, at the time, a natural first baseman. That that I think, I think if you had the current administration, which is far more headstrong and tells people what to do, not what do you want to do, they move him.
1: I think it's pretty easy for me, and it doesn't have as much to do with Joe Maurer, although he's a part of it. I think I preserve Francisco Liriano's elbow in 2006 and the Twins win that World Series. Joe Mauer has a ring on his resume. It looks a little bit different for me.
0: So my answer is similar to Derek's answer. I would I would add one great postseason run to his resume, a World Series run, or even just some heroics in the ALCS or like something that you could look at and say instead of because you look at his resume now and it's like he only played in a handful of postseason games, it's like 10 and he didn't do a whole lot. Of, he had like 280 or something in those games. Just didn't do great, a lot of damage. Didn't win games. And the teams weren't great, and the pitching wasn't great. And and so if they could have gone, if let's say we take your Liriano, uh, let's say he stays healthy, and they've got the two best pitchers in all of baseball, and Joe Nathan, and they've got a bunch of other guys in that bullpen, and now they're going head-to-head the way that they should have in that postseason, and Joe hits 350 with, because that was that was when he was still hitting for some power and a lot of doubles. And, and Joe goes yard three or four times in the postseason. They win a World Series. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. Yep. Postseason is what's going to put Kurt Schilling in the Hall of Fame. Postseason is what put Jack Morris. Politics the might
2: keep Schilling out, but that's another subject. Yeah,
0: that's true. Um, and, and and postseason is what put Kirby Puckett in the Hall of Fame. If Kirby Puckett didn't have yes, two rings and game six of 1991, he does not get it it in the Hall of, of Fame. Put
2: on my list. Of greatest wins. Yep. It's Killebrew easily without Puckett's playoff and postseason success. Yep. Can I give you guys, though, just to go back to the prep note that Phil sent out this morning, a Mauer moment? Yes. So this, to me, me is the defining moment because it's not a problem, but my one thing about baseball is I don't think we truly get to see athletic ability a lot. Like, to me, hitting a home run or a single— that takes athletic ability, but we don't think of that as, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, Dan Vogelbach is uh,
2: yeah, a exactly. good example. I looked this up today, May 17, 2009, Yankee Stadium. Mauer catching. Uh, it's the bottom of the ninth. Brett Gardner is put in to run at second base. Francisco Cervelli is at the plate. Hits a shot up the middle off Jose Maharas, who knocks it down. It's like halfway between the mound and home plate. Joe goes out to get it is going to throw Cervelli out at first base. Gardner keeps coming around third base. He keeps coming. Joe, someone must have yelled, but Joe, like a quarterback, pump fakes first base, turns around, and has to pivot 180, goes towards home plate. Gardner's like halfway there, dives and tags that guy out. Gardner out. And that, to me, was a defining, oh, my God, this guy's athletic ability, is off the charts. I think
0: the same play happened at the end of that Rookie of the Year movie where that kid was a Cubs flamethrowing but pitcher. This is, this is like a this re-enactment is real life. Of that play. You guys, this is a position
2: yeah. Matthew LaCroix played. Like They played the same position. Yeah. In my mind, I can't get that right. No, yep. different
1: planet. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought up that Gardner play. That's a huge moment for me. Obviously, batting title 2006 is a big moment. You think about that. The moment that I'm not going to be able to forget is the final day of his career is when he was walking out with the catcher's gear on everyone's like, what's happening, what's happening oh my goodness is that Joe Mauer in catcher's gear it was, okay and then if you're not one for the sappy stuff the, the the pitch and catching it and crying and all of that stuff was I thought amazing and sensational but just that quick moment of electricity that you can't replicate in movies you can't replicate across most sports that was that was a moment that is going to be impossible to forget, him walking up those dugout steps one final time. The only thing that would have made it better is if we knew that was the final time at the time, and it was like, okay, goodbye, send off a legend.
2: Didn't take a lot to No, I out. know. There wasn't a lot of advance. Didn't have to have a rocket science one. degree <laughs> no, to figure that out. <laughs> no. But
1: that was an amazing moment, and one that the, the 35,000 people that were at Target Field are very proud that they were at Target Field, and I think 15 years from now, it'll be like, Eighty-five thousand people claimed they were at Target Field that day. That was an amazing spectacle. Yeah,
0: yeah this is going to be. I know, like I was at the Metrodome for for Cal Ripken's three thousandth hit, for the Eric Milton no hitter. Randomly, um, there's been other events too, but this is definitely going to be one of those special. Where were you when were you in the in the stadium when Joe Mauer's number was retired? Right. I mean, like we, we all remember the Kirk... Cur- Kirby Puckett given his speech, right? Did, did, wait, did Kirby's number get retired when he was still alive? Yep. Late '90s. That's yep. right. Okay. Yep. Um, well, the thing about the Metrodome speeches is you couldn't understand what anyone was saying. It was <laughs> bouncing off the, the acoustics were so, so bad. So when you, you're, right. when yes, you're man, on TV, man, it was man. fine because they had the feed going right into the TV. But when you're in the stadium, it's like, all right, <laughs> well, uh, this is going to ride I, this out <laughs> for twenty minutes. Can't I you.
2: I think that if if you're, if you're into just weird sort of sports karma and nuanced things, I think if you think about this. That day that Mauer came out, that, that last game, and clearly that was it. To me, it was a sea change for the Twins that's carried on to this day. It was like, because you went from this is how we baseball and all of this, what are you guys even doing, to this spectacular moment where where no matter what you think of Joe Maurer, he's one of your all-time greats. And he's sent off in this just, it's uh, unbelievable fashion. Hollywood organic as hell, I thought. Like, no one saw that coming. The Twins sort of knew. But it was as if that day changed things to wh- where we are today as far as, okay, this is the Twins team that we grew accustomed to in 2006. It
0: was an amazing way to say goodbye, and I, I think he gets wrongly pinned with being the albatross contract that prevented the Twins from doing the things that they needed to do in three agency. If, they, if his contract wasn't what it was, then they would have added another picture. And it's like, as we're finding out with this current regime... And the current DNA of this ball team. The problems with the Twins and why they didn't win for a long time went way deeper than, well, if if he was making $10 million less, then they could have gone and signed another, what, Ricky Nolasco or somebody? Um, So I thought it was a really good way to just usher out that era of Twins baseball in a respectful way and to honor a guy who probably deserved better, probably deserved less criticism than he got. Um, And people can fight me on that. But now look at what's happened. It's like he moved out of the way. And now it almost feels like it, he, he and it gave permission to Byron Buxton, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, Miguel Sano, and all, all these guys said, this is your team in the way that it was their team in the early 2000s, in the way that Jock Jones, Torrey Hunter, Corey Koski, and then eventually Justin Morneau, Jomauer thought this is, and that team had a lot of unfinished business. And so, you know, as they passed the baton off here, this team, is almost carrying the 10 or 15 year mission that was left incomplete of this previous generation, and we'll see if they can. I mean, this is you know this is a whole other episode, and we're going to do this pretty much every episode of the Scorner Twin Show going forward. But this is the widest the Twins window has been since 1991. This is with the with the 11 game lead in the division, the greatest power hitting offense in the history of baseball to this point, and the litany of. Weapons that are not even being able to—you can't even cram them all into a nine-person lineup. Um, it's going to be really fun to see now as we progress out of the Joe Mauer era into this. What they what they can do this year and and going forward with this new generation. You guys want to go say peace out to a Twins legend? Let's do it. All right, all right. Across this has been here. a special episode of the First Place Scornor Twin Show. Joe Mauer. Nobody will ever wear his number ever again. We thank you for listening, and if you like the Scornor Twin Show. Show us a little love. Give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple's a great spot. Spotify. We also recommend the Scornorth mobile app, which is free to download for Apple devices, Android devices. And uh, you can get live Scornorth programming on demand and written content from these guys, Judd and Derek, and also from Matthew Collar and Danny Cunningham. I'm Phil Mackey. We'll see you guys next time.